Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Have you always felt a little odd, a little different? The world is crying out for witches to heal and to rebuild. But do you hear its call and will you answer? This is a space for free thinking, where I give you tools to explore and build your craft. We all have a divine spark. Join me each week and grow that spark into a fiery beacon. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft, and I'll be bringing you a one-on-one guide to all things witchcraft and spirituality. This is... The Mage as well. Hey Mages, welcome back to the show. This week we're going to be looking at the Wheel of the Year again, focusing in on Lamas, which is just around the corner. What's new with me? I have been busy building, um... Building a new life, um, finding new friends, finding a proper job, um, making a nest for myself. It's been, it's been good. It's been really good. It's been very intense at times. I am currently working in a doctor's reception, which is eye-opening on multiple levels, and I really enjoy it. But it's also really chaotic, and I also really enjoy that aspect as well. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been a busy little bee, I'm not gonna lie. What else has been happening? Just a lot, just a lot. I am gonna be bringing the podcast, I think, around October. I've got, well, first up, the next episode is going to air on the 6th, um, in September, the 6th of September, and then after that, I think on the 18th of October. And I'm doing this because I want to look at Mayburn and then Samhain. And then that will conclude the Wheel of the Year series. And then I'm thinking of starting the podcast again. So that is the plan so far. I have no idea how it's going to work because I'm doing a really intense job that is nine till five every day. And yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do a weekly show. Maybe it's once every two weeks. I don't know. We'll need to see. It also depends how much research I can get crammed in between now and then before we launch. So, yeah, things are up in the air, but rather than getting stressed and anxious, which is my go-to operational mode, we're going with the flow. We're going with the flow. I've recently turned 30 and I've kind of thought, you know what, we're just going to throw the rule book out on how we've lived and just start saying yes to different things. And yeah, it's been really interesting. Yeah, things have worked out really nicely, and I'm not getting stressed about things, and I feel like I've really gotten comfortable within myself, and there's this, okay, you, you've got this, you can do this. So yeah, we're we're trying new approaches. We're trying new approaches. And sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And that is okay. And with that, I think I've waffled enough. So let's get on with the show. 
Marking the waning of the sun as the days grow shorter, Lamas is an agricultural festival rather than a pastoral one, think cattle, and is one of the four cross-quarter days, meaning it's halfway between a solstice, when the sun is at its furthest point on the elliptical path, hence why the sun appears to stand still, which is the Latin meaning of solstice, and it's between an equinox, where the day and night are in equal length. The day is thought to have been a precursor of Thanksgiving in America and Canada's Harvest Festival. Nalamas celebrates the first harvest, which is typically a cereal or potato harvest, and it's usually celebrated on the eve of July 31st going into the day of the 1st of August, or January 31st going into February 1st if you're in the Southern Hemisphere. There's a popular saying that goes, after Lammas Day, corn ripens as much by night as by day, on account of the hot summer nights. Let's look at its name and origins. Lammas derives from the Old English halof, meaning loaf and mese, which means mass or feast, and essentially was an early Christian holiday that celebrated the first grain harvest from which loaves of bread were baked. The holiday was never reinstated in the UK after the Reformation. The idea of Lammas, however, was an attempt to Christianise the Pagan Harvest Festival, which honoured one of the most prominent gods in ancient Ireland, Lu, and the more traditional names of the festival are Lunasa, and there are various spellings of this as well, these are all a reference to him, and in Scotland it was called Lunastal. Lunasa means the marriage of Lu which is a reference to a myth whereby he marries the Earth Mother. The festival celebrated this by incorporating heavy love and romantic themes. This fitted in with other festivals, as in nine months time we've got the Spring Festival of Beltane that honours fertility and the birth of new life. Lunasa is thought to have originated in Ireland before spreading through parts of Britain where it became quite prominent in the Middle Ages where it was a time for fairs, the payment of rents, elections, and the opening of public lands. Today, there are many fairs towards the end of July and the beginning of August to show off local produce and livestock. But in ancient Ireland, it was celebrated for two weeks either side of that date. Three days prior to the festival, it was a really important time to purify, and these days were dedicated to the solar goddess Anna, who was older than Lou, and who the festival may have been originally dedicated to. Lou was also an import from the continent, and a relative latecomer to the Irish pantheon. With these three days, it's thought that water was avoided, and as a result, no bathing or fishing took place. There's actually some debate to the extent to which Lou played within the festival. And just a little bit of a background on the god, Ronald Hutton describes him as, quote, the patron of all human skills, which is quite a big CV, and a vast domain to watch over. And it's thought that many cities throughout Europe are named after him or derive from his name. These include Léon and Lyon, both in France. Now, Léon's old name was Ludunum, meaning the Fortress of Lou, and it's thought that that was his cult centre. There's also Leiden in the Netherlands, we've also got Carlisle in England, which was called Lubalium. It's also thought that many European churches dedicated to Archangel Michael were built over former Lu sites. Nolamus has at some points in history been called the Gule of August, 
which might have meant the Yule of August. There's also suggestions that the word Gul is an anglicised version of the Welsh Gwil, which translates to feast. We've also got another Irish name of Bron Trogain, I think I've pronounced that correctly, meaning Earth's sorrowing into autumn. Now, this bears special mention because it's odd, and we think it may relate to an old poem from the 9th century which goes, Three sorrows which are better than joy. The sorrow of a herd of pigs eating acorns. The sorrow of a ripe cornfield. The sorrow of a tree in fruit. This is odd, but take a moment to think about it and analyse it, and it's thought that the sorrow of pigs is because they are being fattened for slaughter, the corn is thought to be bent double with the weight of its crop, as well as the ripe fruit within the trees. All quite sorrowful imagery, but it's better than joy because the subtext is bounty and abundance, and who doesn't want this at a time when the stocks are beginning to run low? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Let's see what customs and traditions pop up around the festival. Like I've just mentioned, in the weeks before Lamas, stocks from the previous harvest were running low, and there was a serious risk of starvation. We see some rituals whereby there's gratitude over what was reaped, as well as measures to protect it. And it was a very ill omen indeed if you remained hungry during this festival, as a large meal warded against hunger and empty bellies for the year ahead. The first corn cut was offered to the god Lu, whereby it was brought somewhere high and buried. A meal of new food and bilberries was eaten by everyone, a sacred bull would have been sacrificed and a feast was created from it, and a play was often reenacted whereby the god Lu was imprisoned by a monster of blight or famine, and ritual dances were enacted safeguarding against such famines. Now in some places, a tenth of the harvest would have been given to the fae, and left on places of height, so think of like hills and mountains. And we've also got these strange figures called Calic dolls being created. Now they were produced from the first harvest field, and it would be then placed in the next field over, until they ploughed theirs, and so on and so on, until it ended up in the last farmer's field. The doll wasn't seen as a good thing, and people really didn't want it to the point where fighting actually breaks out over it and if you couldn't pass it on you had to look after it over the winter and this was a bad omen it would then be ploughed back into the earth with the spring harvest 
We've also got freshly churned butter being thrown into lakes or rivers to protect the milk supply for the following year. We've also got the ears of cattle. These were being smeared with tar in kind of like a protective charm way. And we've also got charms that were addressed to their udders, a sentence I didn't expect to say today. We've also got accounts in Scotland of people preparing for the festival by leaving a field to grow well in advance. And on the morning of the festival, the cows were allowed to graze in the field. Now, this was called the Lammas Bite, and the quantity of the grass meant the cows had a day's fill of grass in a single morning, which would have spelt a larger-than-normal milk yield, helping kick off the new season in abundance, which again was a potent sign. Now, I mentioned earlier bread. Bread is a big part of Lammas, and within the Book of Anglo-Saxon Charms, this bread was divided into four pieces, and each placed in the corner of the barn to mark it as a safe place for the grain that was about to arrive there. Now, I mentioned earlier how the church would bake bread from the first grain harvest. This would have only have been a small amount, enough to bake the actual bread, because the full-blown harvesting would have taken place after Lammas. This bread would have been shaped into a sheaf of wheat or an animal of some sort, and then presented on the church altar for the Lammas service next day. We've also got records of some of the habits around those who leased farmland. They'd gift the first cut of the harvest to their landlords on the eve of Lammas, which would then be used for celebrations for the landlord's family, and sometimes their tenants, if they were feeling generous. This was known as the Feast of the First Fruits. Lammas also marked the end of haymaking season, now, there was a custom to let a sheep in the field as workers were finishing their shift, and whoever caught it got to keep it. And this was also a time where the cattle moved from their summer pastures. In Scotland, the first fruits were celebrated by the making of a bonnock lunastain, or a lunasdal bonnock, which is either a sweet or savoury cake, traditionally made from oats. There's also something known as the Buryman Ritual there, which was first recorded in 1687, but it's thought to be much, much older. Burrs are the sticky heads of a certain species of burdock. These are stuck to a person's body, completely covering them and their face bar the eyes, and they then walk around the town, entering every pub, taking a dram of whiskey from each. It still happens today, and I stumbled across an article where the Berryman in question was explaining how he felt once he donned the burdock. The article describes how he felt apart and isolated, yet still being the centre of attention, and so outside of his identity that he was a spectator as much as a participant. He's clearly taking on some sort of liminal trance state while he's engaging within this ancient ritual. Now, when the burrs were taken off of him, he reported feeling reborn again. There are some who believe the original Buryman would have been a sacrificial victim. Now this ritual, it doesn't fall on Lammas Day. It tends to fall on the second week of August, and the meaning is now lost. However, many believe that the Wandering Man is seeking a good harvest. We've also got beliefs around the devil. He would try and disrupt Lammas by knocking on people's doors after sunset and dragging them into hell and it actually becomes a custom to leave one's door unanswered on the night of July 31st as an attempt to sort of 
thwart his plans. Now, the festival, it was also a time for games, whereby towers made of soil and stones were built, and attempts were made to place a flag on top while trying to destroy your neighbouring district's tower, with those defending their towers able to blow a horn to rally support. Often, brawling broke out, and sometimes people even died, and the destruction of the tower brought great shame upon the district. Now, sometimes the construction of these towers started a month prior to the festival. Known as Lammas Towers, they'd be finished off a few days before the actual day, and on the day, men would have breakfast at the base of the tower, and then march to meet a rival district, where horns and pipes would be blown, and both sides would demand that the other lowers their banners. Unless one side was heavily outnumbered, fighting would break out, with the losers marching behind the district that was victorious. We've also got the climbing of the Crow Patrick, a mountain in Ireland, on the weekend leading up to Lammas. It's a ritual that's been happening for hundreds of years, and thousands trek up the mountain to its peak in honour of the day. No other mountains in Ireland have undergone similar rituals in the past, and one that stood out for me that I absolutely loved was the one in Donegal where all the people travelling to the peak would wear a flower and then at the top discard them into a specially dug pit, and this signalled the end of summer. Mountain pilgrimages were actually quite common during Lammas. And in the Shetland Isles, a great feast was held, and afterwards fortune-telling was done by fishermen's wives, and toasts were given to good health while songs played and riddles were told. So it's all quite a merry, calm-before-the-storm kind of vibes, with the idea of partying before the push for a big harvest. Now, I mentioned earlier that the festival had themes of romance and love. Why is this? Well, there's a few reasons. It's a little bit of a misconception that May was the main time for weddings and lovemaking and matchmaking and all this sort of stuff, as the women would have been out in the sheilings, which are like temporary huts, and they would have been out there to work the dairy herds, and they didn't really have time for men. It was only when autumn came knocking and everyone was required to help with the harvest that the sexes started mixing again. And there's accounts in Telltown Island of marital fairs, whereby people who had come of age would gather and introduce themselves. Men would stay on one side of the fair while women would stand on the other, with people in the middle delivering messages. A couple could enter a temporary union, living together for a year and a day, before either entering a permanent union or separating. Now, one of the main reasons for parting ways was if the union didn't provide a child. These trial unions were also a thing in Scotland, but by early 1600, they were stamped out, and largely by the church claiming that they were immoral. Putting the lens back on ancient Ireland, for the first two weeks of August, we have the Eirnochnatailchu, also known as the Tailton Games. According to legend, these games began at the command of the god Lu to honour his stepmother, Queen Teilte, who died after clearing the Irish landscape so it was suitable for agriculture and cattle. The earliest records of these games is from the 6th century, but they were likely taking place way before this, and they came to an end when the Normans invaded in 1169 CE. Now at the games, the king would have made announcements of war and peace, and enact new laws. The dead would also be remembered, especially women who had suffered tragic deaths, and large markets would also form. There was also sporting contests and horse racing, as well as music and storytelling. 
We also have quite a famous little folk amulet being created from herbs that are prevalent during August, and it aids in attracting love, enhancing romance and sexuality, and easing labour. These herbs would be picked before sunrise in total silence and while naked with a still mind. Bunches of arnica, calendula, dill, lovage, mugwort, sage, tansy, valerian and yarrow are collected without the use of iron. Add to the bundle blue cornflowers, red corn cockles and chamomile, and then place a stalk of grain in the centre, tie it all together with red ribbon and hang it in the home. Now common gods to honour this festival would be Tammuz, Adonis, Demeter, Persephone, Ceres, Frisia, Bride, Lu, Mercury, Hermes, the Green Man, Pomona, and Mother Earth, to name a few. Lammas is a wonderful time to connect with the land and to think about food and the security it brings. If you are able to foster a relationship with the land and seasons and grow your own veg, it's absolutely something to think about for the next year. Supermarkets have given us a false reality that we depend on, and I think trying to be a bit more independent from them is always a wise move. The festival was traditionally a time that ushered in the ending of hunger, welcoming the abundance of fruits, vegetables and grains just in the last rays of the summer sun. It was also a time to rest and to have fun before the hard work of harvesting began. If you are able, enjoy food with your community and share any abundance that you may be blessed enough to have. And that's it, that's a wrap for today's show. If you've enjoyed it, please think about supporting the show through rating it wherever you listen and sharing it on your social media channels. I will return on the 6th of September, so stay tuned for that and we will be looking at Mabon. But before I go, the poem this week is called Lamas by Leanne Dehaja-Vetch. Bringing the crops in against the weather wheat and barley and hops and hay, working, harvesting in together, celebrating Lamas today. Night draws nearer, and wind blows colder, wheat and barley and hops and hay, gather in as the days grow shorter, celebrating Lamas today. Call the last of the summer's bounty, wheat and barley and hops and hay, welcome in autumn's golden beauty, celebrating Lamas today. Bid farewell to the days of summer, wheat and barley and hops and hay, calling in the cool rains of winter, celebrating Lamas today. Peace out, witches, and I'll see you at the crossroads. (laughs) 